Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back, and this is kind of a monumental episode because it is the final episode in our Disney catalog. For now. For now until everything else comes out. We'll obviously be coming back. I think Wish is the next one. Yeah. I mean, Disney will continue to make movies, and I think we'll continue to give our, our takes on them. What if you just jinxed it? (laughs) Disney will continue to make movies oh this just in um I you know how do you how do you feel about like what we've done let's talk about that just a little bit I know we're probably gonna dive into it our mailbag episode uh I feel really good I think I've shared this in another episode you know we started it as a pandemic project and I wasn't sure if I was gonna enjoy doing this and I've enjoyed it quite a bit not Mm -hmm. only doing it with you but Aww. like I feel like we never had any like knockout drag out fights. We had a couple where we'd butt heads, but we'd even it out and then whatever, you know, yeah. like nothing major. And I feel like that in itself is a pretty big accomplishment. I mean, we don't have to ruin the fantasy that we're a, a, a incredibly uh, uh, just get along like gangbusters. It's just most, funny. I, yeah. I think that we've found people who have started listening to the show that are like, you guys have such great chemistry. And we'll go, uh, yeah, sometimes we go, I'm in a bad mood. And like, I have to like get up and leave <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like yeah. we go and we come back and we record. But you know, it's yeah, like anything. But, but that anyway. happens. But, but I feel, I feel overall nothing major. And mm-hmm. I think in all of our Disney episodes, what we had two, we had to re-record. So that's not too bad. Ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did pretty good technical wise. Yeah, but I, I, think- I, I feel. I don't know. I feel like it's a really huge accomplishment, and I don't know. I think I was optimistic we'd finish, but I don't know if I ever like really thought about mm-hmm. what it would entail. Like, right? Like, we're three years out. Well, it's it's grown quite a bit, and like I said, we'll go more into this. And the other, the other, uh, in the mailbag, this feels a little bit more like kind of our season wrapper. So we'll, we'll hold on to this energy and we'll put, you guys will hear it next time. That's a little, little hint for what's coming up. But I will say this, I, this has been an interesting study. Like, like Carly has said it, I've brought it up what she said on this thing that it feels like this is our, you know, we're doing history of animation 101. I, I will say I felt a whole lot more energy and 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 you know i was more into it when we did encanto <laughs> this one this is such a weird movie like it feels well, first, like it doesn't exist we're doing first, strange yes, world yes uh, we're doing strange world it came out november of 2022 i mean we didn't go and see it nope. we didn't see it we didn't uh see it streaming this is this will be our first watch through yep. it got a 72% on rotten tomatoes uh, which I know we kind of stopped doing that, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, it draws inspiration from pulp magazines. Mm-hmm. So it's from Journey Center of the Earth, and that was 1864. It uh, also draws... Oh, I've got I, more. I just want to say it also draws oh. inspiration from Atlantis. Like that was oh, one okay. of their, their their guiding stars was 
Atlantis, and we'll go into why I think that was a strange choice, but continue with what you were saying. Uh, well, I had other pulp magazines to oh, list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, as I mentioned, King Kong, 1933, Fantastic Voyage, 1966, and Jurassic Park, 1993. So, all kind of like adventure stuff. Yeah. So, that's kind of where it draws inspiration from. Uh, I read that it was it's predominantly CGI, but there mm-hmm. is some 2D animation in here. Well, I want to back up first because going back on what you're saying about what it was based on, it was pitched to the company as Indiana Jones meets National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, interesting. Which I think, because it's kind of like an adventure story, but it's also a, a family story. It's about yeah. three generations of this family kind of coming okay. together. Let me ask you this real quick before we go into it. What do you remember, like... Tell me a little bit, you know, we always talk about like, why did, what do you remember seeing this one? And, you know, it's usually for stuff like Little Mermaid where it's like, oh, I remember the first time I saw it. Like one of the big things that came out about this and one of the reasons when we get into why it did not do well is the marketing wasn't. I don't remember remember seeing anything? anything for it. I'm way more quote unquote online than Tara. And I saw like maybe bumpers before youtube videos but there maybe was no, we like, watched a trailer but i don't even know that we did i don't think i showed it to you because everything i saw is like this does not look interesting to me. yeah so i don't know um the voices there are some like big names in this mm-hmm. it's jake gyllenhaal dennis quaid uh gabrielle union lucy Liu, and then jabuki it's jabuki i looked up how to pronounce it yeah because i went if I say Jabuki and it's not Jabuki, Jabuki <laughs> sounds like such a nonsense word yeah. that it sounds almost rude to this this person, who I believe is the the young man in uh, Blackish. I think it's the son. Oh, okay. I, I'll be. double check on that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So there's some big voices in here. Uh, fun thing about Jake Gyllenhaal and Dennis Quaid: they previously played father and son in The Day After Tomorrow. 2004. Oh, right. So I totally forgot I thought that about was that. a fun little connection. Uh, I think the next thing we probably should highlight here uh, is there um, was some controversy and just talk. I mean, we'll go into it in the second half after we've seen it, that the film um, is noted as the first openly LGBTQ lead character in a Disney film. And because of that, it led to the film being pulled for theatrical release in some regions. So two of the big markets are China and Russia. Mm -hmm. And then Disney opted to not submit it to three smaller markets. So it didn't submit to the Middle East, Malaysia, and Indonesia. Which makes sense. There was was, uh, a article I read today that they're not playing the new Spider-Man in um, the United Arab Emirates. Emirates because one of the characters has a like support trans kids poster in the background and that's it yeah so ridiculous. So they're getting real specific and, I, and to go oh I, well I will say well first of all I want to point out uh, uh Jabuki um young white is not who I thought it was I thought it was the young man in, in blackish I don't know who this person is they will be in the coming up in the uh movie that we keep seeing way more ads for that we're both like, oh, that looks interesting, even though I don't think we'll see it. The uh, Ruby Ruby Gilman teenage Kraken oh, that we're yeah. like, oh, it's, you know. Yeah, I think it's kind of a fun story, and there's some good voices in that, too. But kind of going to, like, the specifics of, oh, this one poster's in it, so we're going to pull it. 
Uh, it apparently also uh, violates, it may violate, there's discussion, I guess, around this, uh, for the Florida Parental Rights and Education Act, which oh, is the God. Don't Say Gay bill. So uh, there's like talk about like whether I think a teacher showed it and- A teacher showed it and then yeah. a parent said, you did not ask me to show this before this, even though the, the parent, they never like- First of all, I think it was on a list. There's all this stuff. Yeah. I, so, I will say this. So that's why I'm just putting that out there. Uh, I will watch it and then we'll give our opinions on it. Obviously, um, if you've listened to our podcast, you know our views uh, on where we stand. I'll say this. I watched a video on YouTube that was like all the gay scenes in Strange World. Yeah. And I will say, one, the video was a sum total of two minutes and 15 seconds. Oh, okay. Two, it's... Imagine... Any Disney movie, and instead of a boy saying, I like this girl, all they do is change his the the gender of his Love object interest. of affection. Yeah. That's it. Other than that, it just looks like any, there's no like. It's because he openly declared it versus it yes. being like in the shadows or like exactly. read between the lines. So the yeah. controversy is gay people exist and that's the problem people have with this movie and i'm here to tell you that if that's your views and you're listening to a podcast on pride month you can stop listening <laughs> you can go away i'm, I'm not going to sit here and d- discuss whether gay people literally just existing in the exact same form as, as straight people is a controversy it, it it almost made me livid to watch like the two minutes and 15 seconds it's just like I like this guy and, 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 oh, I don't know how to talk to him. And he like asks his grandfather yeah. and I'm like, oh, now his grandfather's gonna be like, wait, a boy. And he just goes, oh, you gotta do that. And just like, again, they just literally, it looks like they wrote the scene and then went, what if we just went cross, 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 change her to him? Like, yeah, <laughs> like that sort of thing. And I'm all for that. This, this movie also has a lot of, uh, ethnic diversity in the characters because, uh, it's, a uh, it's, a. Um, it's a blended family. Is that what it, blended is the the like if it's a families that existed and have come together, right? I believe so. Like if someone was divorced and have kids from another yes. marriage, I believe so. What I mean is this is a mixed race family, which oh, I think okay. is great to see on screen. I'm excited for that. But it's also was like, you know, I have this whole thing where it was people talking about why perhaps this movie bombed. And do you want me to go? Let me go into that real quick. Well, I'll, let me give some numbers here. Okay. Uh, I have those numbers, but. Oh, oh, I OK. Um, it lost one hundred ninety seven million dollars. Yeah, I have that. Which is the worst than any other Hollywood film in 2022. Yeah, it was a huge box office bomb. But I read that apparently it was a streaming number one. Uh, film to be streamed for 19 days but we've we've I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast but I feel like it's hard to capture streaming numbers and I mean I mean I guess it was number one streaming on Disney plus for those 19 days I don't know if it was streaming other places well it's it's the what is the qualification of what counts as watching? Is it beginning to end? Is it a certain percentage, et cetera? Yeah. And like, is it like a search feature? Because yeah. Netflix was like, Bird Box was, was seen by just a ridiculous amount of people that was like, that's almost as many people as subscribe to um, Netflix. And if you're like me and my wife, when you try to watch Netflix and you click on something and the movie just starts as you're trying to decide whether you want to yeah. watch it, that's one of those things that could be like, ding, that was a watch for Bird Box. Like before mm-hmm. they've kind of, there's no 
like what are the numbers like you go to a movie theater you've paid money it's you you see those numbers you're like a captive audience this is just as it's flipping by and it's not even like nielsen where nielsen's for television is like you have a box and it's a specific family has it and it monitors what you do and there are rules for that this is just so the people who are reporting these numbers are the companies that would like for these numbers to be inflated to be as high. possible yeah, so. to make you go, oh, I should watch that or, oh, mm-hmm. I should buy their their, their service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote one of the other reasons that they thought my bomb was a gay cr- controversy. When I just looked up Strange World on YouTube, I got a lot of real fun oh i bet you know things that came up um there was a the word of mouth was bad that's kind of how i remember hearing is everyone going like you know there was the controversy like there are gay people in this i was like oh well maybe i do need to see this and then everyone i know going it's not worth it like it's not worth it to get out there um Bob Chapek was something that was kind of uh, a uh, he was the CEO during this time and he was notable for his disinterest in the animation portion of Disney. Mm. Um, Which is kind of wild if you're going to hold that position. Lightyear was another one that came out around here and bombed both sci-fi. You know, Disney has a bad reputation with animated sci-fi if you look at Atlantis and Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, uh, Treasure Treasure Planet Planet and all that. Uh, there, but also in general, um, this is weird for me. By the time I was reading this article, this is what this says because now we're in the uh, the the year the the middle of Super Mario Brothers did good. The new Spider Man did really good. Like a couple of them are coming out that are doing really great numbers. But at the time, animation wasn't doing great. Coming back from mm. the the uh, the pandemic, I think partly because, like you said, they put. Everything was get. Everyone's going. Well, I'll just wait for it to go on Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean, Encanto, I think, was probably the outlier of well, that. Encanto but... did not do great in theaters. Oh, it didn't. Encanto okay. blew. I think it came out on Disney Plus, and then they re-released it and got more numbers. Got it. Got it. Got it. Did it did fine. It did okay. But like yeah. Legion of Super Pets or League of Super Pets and Lightyear and other animated stuff that came out around that time, like really underperformed in mm. what they thought it was going to. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the story there I've got about got it. bombing. I uh, also have that um, it was originally called Searcher Clade or Claude, C-L-A-D-E. I think that's the name of the, the, the family or the Clade family. Yeah, so that's what it was originally called. And that there are some visuals that are apparently parallels to C.S. Lewis's sci-fi out of the silent planet. I don't know what that is. I, don't I didn't either. know C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis did. Wait. Is C.S. Lewis Alice in Wonderland or is C.S. Lewis Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe? I think he's Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Okay, yeah, I think that's right. Who? Lewis Carroll, yes, did Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. That was a little crazier to me. I was like, Lewis Carroll did sci fi? Yeah, that's, so. Okay, so C.S. Lewis, that makes more sense. Yeah, but. So, yeah, apparently there's some visual uh, parallels. And then the last thing I have is it is the third Walt Disney Animation Studios film to be rated PG mm-hmm. for action and peril uh, and some thematic elements. And I want to know if you can guess the other two, unless you came across this in your notes, then I'll just say. Black it. Cauldron. Yep, that's number one, 1985. I feel... And, and much more recent is the second one. I can is give it you Ralph the, Breaks the Internet? Nope, but is, I can give you the year. What year? 2019. Raya? Nope. Encanto? No. Encanto was later. No, I don't know. Frozen 2. Frozen 2's PG versus... Yeah, I don't think I realized it was, wow. but that's when it was listed. I mean, I, if you want to double check me, that was a fact that I came across. If you want to double check it... 
but I don't know. I believe. I mean, I'm just curious what the, the thing in Frozen Two was. Um, you know, I, what do you what do you think we're going to see in this? We'll do a little prediction thing here. Uh, I on. think there's going to be a twist, and I think I know what it is. <laughs> I will. I will write. You may do the thing I did for Avengers Two, where I write down what I think the twist <laughs> is going to be, yes, and then we'll and reveal it. In your it. Okay, we will do that. I will go do that. Um, uh, do you have any expectations? Any thoughts for this? Uh, it is PG, so mm-hmm. that fact was right. Uh, for thoughts, uh, I didn't know it was about a family until I wrote these <laughs> notes. So I literally had no idea what it was about. I had heard uh, about there being a, a gay character represented in this film, and that was about it. So that's about all yeah. I heard. Uh, Disney did so a I bad didn't, job I didn't with know PR was, on this one. I didn't know it was sci-fi. I didn't know it was a family I think it's kind of cool that there are three generations. Uh, yeah, I don't think I can e- make any predictions because I literally, <laughs> it like could go any way. And I also am not very familiar from a lot of what it draws inspiration from. It kind of sounds like they're going to go on this great adventure as a family. Uh, but yeah, I don't have any, I, I definitely don't know a twist. If, I'll tell you if that. If we were hurting for a... Um, a mini tale in between this and the next thing I would make, I would say we should watch Mis- uh, mysterious Island or 20,000 leagues under the sea mm. or one of the Jules Verne thing is based on. Cause I love this. Like I love that stuff. And I saw well, this when I went, no, no interest. Yeah. I was reading all the inspiration and I was like, Oh, Ryan loves all of these things. So I am curious what your thoughts will be after we watch it. Uh, I am more into sci-fi than I was like as a child. Yes. Uh, I did it. <laughs> but it will be interesting to to see how mm-hmm. I feel after it. Yeah, I, I was, I'm very like lukewarm because I don't really I don't really know. Like I said, I don't have enough information besides what I looked up in notes and what you've just said here. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would be weird to make a prediction. I don't know. Which hopefully means, you know, I was not expecting to enjoy Atlantis nearly as much as I did so maybe it'll maybe it'll surprise us but yeah I hope I, so I think we should stop delaying I know this is, is a short one for a long episode we're gonna have a great great we've already recorded it final episode really wrapping everything together so don't worry if this one's a little short or a little kind of like here's what happened so you go go watch it folks with us but for now we're gonna take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR see you on the other side listeners Hello, listeners. We are back. We just watched Strange World. Uh, we had to watch it in parts because I had to take a nap. I was tired. <laughs> now, I don't think that's a reflection of what you thought of this movie. No, no. It didn't matter what you, we were watching. You had a hard time sleeping yeah, last night. Yeah, it didn't yes. matter what we were watching. Okay. I was up at 3 a.m., couldn't get back to sleep, needed a little yeah. little power nap in between this. So let's start off by saying I thought this was I will say way better than I thought it was going to be, but most of that is because I had very, very yeah. low expectations I, for I this. I think when we have low expectations for something, I think we enjoy it more than like the general public does. Yes. Because of that. I understand why this might not have done great. Mm-hmm. I don't think it deserved to be the biggest bomb of 2022. Yeah, I think there was a lot of creativity in this, and I could definitely see everyone who worked on it had a lot of love for mm-hmm. like the genre and 
for the world building. And it is kind of a bummer that like they weren't celebrated for that. Yeah, I, I th- there's good stuff in this. Like, yeah, I, I, I will say I think the world building was very interesting. Let's go ahead and say that uh, we're going to do spoilers in this because I think we need to do spoilers to talk about. It. And if you've watched with us, you've watched this. Yeah, I think we should wait until it happens in the, the movie description, though. Okay, we'll do that. Um, so we'll talk for a little bit without a spoiler, but there is a twist towards the end. And I, I think the twist may have hurt the marketing of this movie because it felt like so much they had to keep back to keep the twist gone there. And we'll go yeah, into that exactly then. I guess then. that's true. And Ryan's prediction was the twist and he was 100% correct. <sighs> I'm so good. <laughs> so good. And then Tara, to honor the prediction I wrote down ahead, put her used gum in my paper prediction. Listeners, I thought you <laughs> wouldn't want to hear me chomping on gum for this episode. There and are plenty of other things you could have put in. Oh, okay. I'll remember that. Ryan, why <laughs> is there trash in my guitar? Well, I thought okay, you didn't want me to... Okay, that's not the same. <laughs> um... I thought the like family stuff was good, but also just very ham fisted and not subtle at all. Like it wasn't yeah. like, you know, kind of a new interesting twist on generational trauma like in Kanto. But I will say like I did like that we got three generations of perspective of the same issue. Yeah. And they all kind of come together in the end, realizing what they were kind of fighting against or trying to support is what the next generation is doing in a different way. Yes. And there, there's something um, that I think everyone that can resonate with everyone individually. I like all the characters, uh, like the main family characters. I think they did a good job with them. Yeah. I, I just think the writing was really, it was the guy who wrote Ryan the Last Dragon. I thought Raya was a better job. It was also the director of like the the director was also the writer. One of the directors was also the writer of our favorite Disney movie, Meet the Robinsons, mm. and it had a very Meet the Robinsons feel, Got not it. nearly as as, as pop rocks cookie. induced. Yeah, but it definitely. I, I I I thought some of the way the characters spoke was, meh, but like, it's nowhere near. I would not call this a bad movie. I would call this a solid B minus. Like it's yeah, and I think if you like this genre and sci-fi and exploration and kind of like it's a little Indiana Jones. We mentioned that at the start, mm-hmm. and it it does pull from the influences we mentioned at the start. I think you'll enjoy it for that. And yeah. going into it, not expecting it to move you like Encanto moved a lot of people, but just expecting to kind of enjoy the experience and the exploration of kind of what they go through. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll go into it here. Absolutely. Uh, we get the new Disney 100 intro. Uh, Disney is celebrating 100 years. And so it looks like they've kind of changed the whole castle opening. They like go around it in a way. And I don't remember yeah. them going around it like that before. So that so that was new. And then the title credit is immediate. We get the title Strange World opens right away. And it's a black and white narrative uh, talking about insurpassable mountains. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's Jaeger who's the voice there. Right? Is no, he that's, doing it, that's or is just that, a narrator. That's just a narrator. It's Alan Tudyk playing that oh, narrator. Oh, that's right. That's right. So then, and they Ye- gets a, he gets a little song too, where they're like Jaeger. Yeah, it's clade. like the clades. Yeah. And I thought, that, I mean, not, it's the only song in the movie, but I actually kind of thought it was a lot of fun. 
It was, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, so Jaeger Clade is introduced, uh, and it's like a comic book, the way we're viewing it. Mm-hmm. And then we find out Searcher Clade is his son. and uh, It's all these shots of... Jaeger doing big exciting things and like Searcher behind him like kind of cowering or yeah, trying to yeah. remain safe. It becomes very clear that Searcher is not made for the explorer lifestyle. Yeah, so it's showing a lot of their explorations and different things that they've conquered along the way and then we get this crew uh, in the clades and they're excited about this cave they come across. It's like a shelter so they're excited to have a shelter. They're in a very cold part uh, of the landscape world. or the world and ice falls down and that was kind of shocking because you really did think that ice took out that guy oh yeah there's a guy and it looks yeah, like it destroys he, him and then he right like sticks it. his head behind it and i was like oh this is gonna be because a couple th- that one the pilot later yeah dies. we'll talk about that that was <laughs> that was quick uh so they go deeper into the cave and uh the sun searcher kind of sees this electric fruit that when he touches it it like moves the fur on his hood oh it's like static i thought it was it all all becomes very like spiky to me it felt like electricity but yeah i guess static for that static electricity oh there you go (laughs) uh and so he's really fascinated by it and uh he shouts he jumps from it because he's nervous by it and then that creates all this ice to crack and searcher falls and his dad comes in and saves him and so uh he Wants to have this discovery for what's the name of the city? Analasia. Aerolonia. Uh, Aerolonia. Something. Aerolonia might be right. Uh, I have it written down, but I can't really read my writing, but that sounds close. <laughs> it's something with an A. Yeah. So he thinks it's this big discovery for the city, and they start to fight over what's important because dad- the dad. His dad wants to continue on beyond the the mountains. Yeah, beyond the mountains, and like that's why they've assembled this crew, and that this is what like his whole legacy and his whole career has been leading up to is conquering these mountains. And so the crew agrees with Searcher that like you know we don't know what's out there, but what's right here could be really beneficial for the city. And so he leaves his crew. He just like gives the compass to his son and like points him in the direction of home and the dad disappears. Jaeger disappears. And then we go to 25 years later and we see Clade Farms and uh, we now see that... uh, Everything is powered by this fruit. Yeah, he's the father of Pando and it, it gives power and light and... From everything from their coffee pot to the airships that they have, yeah, everything's Pando, powered by it. Pando is what they've named the thing, which I'm curious why they landed yeah, they on that. Never, yeah, just... they never go into that. Uh, so Meridian, who is uh, Searcher's wife and his son, Ethan, and they have a dog, Legend. Uh, who he... is a tripod, which we thought was very... Yeah. He's like a sheepdog tripod. Did you think he looked like the grandpa? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that was a, like something they were trying to say, like, you know, Searcher doesn't like is like trying to get away from his grandfather but there's part of him or maybe if it's ethan's dog like ethan like gravitates towards yeah that. maybe I don't know. uh but ethan is 16 years old and we're now seeing how they harvest the plant how they harvest this pan up pando? pando pando and so uh it's a whole family affair at the farm like everybody has a job to do and uh the mom, Meridian, is a crop duster. She loves to fly. She's a pilot. And so the engine stalls on the plane and they think that's weird because he just filled up the battery. And so they put more in and she kind of goes about her business. 
Ethan's friends show up around this time and he has a crush on Diazo. That sounds right. Okay. And they come with card packs. And so they're like, oh, have you, they sold out, but we got you one. And he starts kind of flirting with Diazo. There's like very playfulness back and forth with the mm-hmm. two of them and shyness from Ethan. And he opens his and he gets farmer. And he's like really bummed out because that's like what he does in his everyday life. And Diazo has Explorer. And he's like, I really think this is more you. And he trades him the card. Diazo sees him. Yes. And so uh, Searcher, the dad, shows up and starts talking to them, totally embarrassing Ethan. He gets really excited to meet Diazo because Ethan's told him a lot about him. And it's kind of like a normal parent interaction with teenagers a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so uh, then we get to see like the main city when they're going to deliver Pano. Pando and it's like balloon travel almost like these airships are almost like not hot air balloons but um zeppelins yes and they kind of move dirigibles like, Ooh, they kind of move <laughs> like cars like in the jetsons world yeah kind of the way it, it looks it's it's kind of a cool steam punky only not really steam it's more of just this little bit of electricity they do in the opening thing show everything being like horse drawn carriage and this yeah. like pre-industrial world and so, so just this to really show you jumps how, them forward yeah how important pando has become to this world it, it it's completely changed how they do everything yeah and we briefly see a girl in a wheelchair in the city i mean it's very quick but we do see that we have the yeah. dog with the tripod and we've just got a very multicultural group mm-hmm. of characters so i appreciate that they're trying to incorporate things you know sometimes it's like very quick sometimes they you know focus on it a little bit more with certain characters right uh but his dad searcher has this vision anytime the grandfather is talked about of ethan becoming the grandfather becoming Jaeger and leaving him and it gets like really dark. It's like this really dark, like evil villain. <laughs> it's, it's over version. the top. Yeah. But, but everything goes dark and then Ethan's face, like his chin gets wider and his he grows, gets bigger. He grows the big mustache that his grandfather had. He's like, I'm turning into my grandfather. Like it's yeah. like the grandfather's voice. Can I talk about real quick? Dennis Quaid's voice. I would have sure. no idea. This was Dennis Quaid. Like agreed. Everybody else I could hear who they were but like Dennis Quaid is putting on a voice and I wonder if he did an audition for this is Dennis Quaid Independence Day no Dennis Quaid is what do you know Dennis Quaid from he was married to Meg Ryan for a while I'm You've sure if seen I saw him. his picture I knew the name when I was reading Randy the voices. Quaid is in D- Independence Day I'm and that's thinking. his brother oh okay then yeah okay. but Dennis Quaid is he's kind of Costco Harrison Ford to be honest okay um but he's done a ton of stuff but I don't know that I don't know what you would know that he didn't it's fine we don't have to we can do that after this uh so Ethan just really wants to know about his grandpa because his dad Searcher never talks about him and then it kind of cuts to the scene with Searcher and Meridian uh Ethan's parents are dancing and they're cooking dinner and Ethan's in on it and the dog's in on it and they're just having like a really good time and then there's a rumbling like an earthquake and they open the door and this giant airship lands and it's Callisto and she is the leader of Avalonia and she used to be a part of the crew 
uh, back when Searcher was young and discovered Pando. How'd you like her design? I thought she looked really cool. I thought she looked really cool. The Especially hair in when this, she gets her better hair. Yeah, the hair in this in general was very cool. Like the stubble on both of the, the grandpa and dad. Like the, the, there are a lot of re- really fine details that we appreciated and loved in Encanto. I think it continues here. Like the fabric, like Ethan's hat, the way it's stitched. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool moments of that as far as design is concerned. And so she shows up and says that it started in the Northeast Territory, that every crop uh, they estimate will be affected in a month, like Pando is dying and they don't know why. And so she wants him to go on an expedition to see what's wrong. And so Searcher's having a really hard time, like coming to terms that he's going to have to go on an expedition again. The son, Ethan, is super excited. He's like, we do everything together. Why wouldn't we do this together? And Searcher doesn't want to put his son in danger and risk or his really life. to send him on an expedition i think yeah, partly I think it's because a combination. of his fear yeah partly because of his fear that his dad his, he would turn into his his grandfather yeah i think it's a lot of mixed feelings and emotions and so he knows he has to go do what's right and he grabs his pack from when he explored that has the compass that his dad gave him when he was like peace out and he hops on the <laughs> ship and leaves and so uh there's a meeting on the ship that is kind of going through like here's what's happening here's what we need to do they think they all have like they all have like a big long tap root a root system and that it all like leads to one place so they're following it to this hole they dug that they don't know how deep it goes yeah and you know they say that uh we need to see what's damaging it and they they think this is the way to do it so they're flying down they like ryan said they don't know how far it goes how deep it goes but the roots are glowing and it's really beautiful as they're going down they're kind Mm -hmm. of surrounded by these big thick uh glowing roots and meridian shows up on her crop duster and she's like our son is in your ship and the then you hear ethan and you hear the dog and so they've Mm -hmm. snuck on to the ship and uh, we see some crazy, like, hot pink dino birds is what I described them as. Yeah, 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 they look kind of like that. And uh, a lot of hot pink in this. Yeah, and they start attacking, and this is where we lose the pilot. Like, it just takes pulls oh. the pilot well, right out he, of the window. He is voiced by Alan Tudyk, and jump ahead if you don't want spoilers for the movie Serenity, but remember in Serenity when he just dies suddenly near oh, the end? Yeah. I wonder if that was a reference to it was him just getting like sucked Maybe, out of the thing. Maybe, but yeah, he gets kind of like sucked out through the window and now the window is cracked and everything uh, kind of goes a little chaotic here and the mom jumps into the driver's seat mm-hmm. and the dad and the dog fall off the ship as the ship keeps flying. So now Searcher and the dog are separated from the rest of the group. And it's really like another world down there. And I liked all the weird textures and all the pinks, like the color palette. It's very different. The world above is like our world. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's and kind of an alpine is, yeah. German hinterlands like So this area. is very different. And a lot of the movement I said was sea like. A lot of it is very fluid. It's very organic. Yeah. And so something that something all of a sudden you see that something's watching Searcher and it's this weird blue blob creature that they eventually nickname Splat and he steals his handkerchief and then I describe them as these big purple blobs that turn into like octopus. They're not an octopus, but they have a lot of tentacles. Yeah. And it looks like, but the tentacles are what's leading. Like it's like, they're like 
trying to grab it and put grab things and put it in its mouth. Yeah, and so they those had a cool design. I like they those. did. Yeah, they go after Searcher, and then this what appears to be a creature, <laughs> creature. <laughs> saves him, and it's really his dad. It's Grandpa. It's Jaeger. He's kind of dressed to look like the environment, so he can kind of hide among all of these creatures and all of these things mm-hmm. because the world is really alive down there. Pretty much everything is alive. And Ethan's worried about his dad. They're trying to repair the ship before they go look for his dad, and he's like, no, I'm going to go on my own. And so, I mean, he doesn't say that to anyone. He just does it. And Jaeger doesn't believe it's him at first. Like, he's very spooked. He's also been alone for 25 years in this very strange world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. So he's a little out there and then they go in for a hug and it's super awkward. Like it's like someone wanted a handshake and the other person wanted a hug and then they didn't know which one who wanted what. Yeah. It I, happens to the best. Of I people. was the hug in this situation. This listeners. is how we met our first date. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah. So it worked out well. It worked us, out so. well. And it works out well. So for I knew these it was going to work out well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I was like, I know how this ends. Yeah. So <laughs> I love that the women are fixing the airship. So you've got Meridian and Callisto and they're kind of in charge and making all the repairs. Weirdly felt some attraction between these two and their scenes together. I don't know. I was like is this gonna I, end see, with, i didn't like, feel it that way i i get why you did i think it was just like camaraderie of women it so weirdly me, played a little bit more than that because i'm usually this i'm usually not the one going "Ooh, two women talking to each other they must want to kiss yeah but yeah, like yeah, yeah. i was like there was like i don't know if you watch this movie and you got the same thing like to me it was almost like if you found out that meridian was bisexual and like not necessarily they were gonna go off together but there was like a weird attraction there i don't know mm. it just felt it there it, it was it felt a little more than just like i respect you for your job now and there was it's just the way they looked at each other again i could be weirdly reading into it maybe it's coded in some way i don't know reach out and tell me yeah so Ethan, call us and tell me that I'm full of it. <laughs> so Ethan runs away. He goes searching for his dad and he winds up losing the ship. He falls off of it. Like it's it's not as big as the airship they're on. It's kind of like these little vehicles uh, that they can go out and scout and whatever. And he falls down into this cave and he starts screaming as he enters the cave because he's trying to be brave, but he's super scared. <laughs> and uh, he talks to Diazzo, you know, about, oh, you know, just like. What head, you do, yeah, but he says it out loud. Yeah. But it's it's like that, oh, Diazzo, what did I do this weekend? Oh, I just saved my dad and, you know, like trying to like... Went through a murder cave or something Yeah, like trying that. to feel really good about it. And then Splat finds uh, Ethan and they're Splat kind of trying fun, to make friends. I was going to say Splat has a fun design. Yeah, and Ethan's trying to be friendly to him, trying to show he's not going to hurt him. He sees he has his dad's handkerchief and so he starts to follow Splat. And then we find out... He, he, I was going to say, he looks like those things, and he does this a few times, that you yes. throw on a wall and they go... Yeah, the things you'd get um, from a 50 cent or a 25 cent machine. Oh, 50 cent money bags. Yeah, here. the Splat. They were, now yeah, it's like the $2 sticky dollars thing. or something. Yeah. So uh, I wonder, though, are they like payphones? Do those machines exist anymore? They're called... Places? gotcha ponds or something like that there's like a name for them because not the sticky thing like those machines where you would get yeah, stuff for coins it's, oh. it, they're much bigger in japan like it's kind of like a big thing that's why the, the gotcha pond i believe is japan japanese oh. i've only learned this i don't want to say recently but like i didn't know what they were because 
there's a big thing in game design about that type of thing where it's like you put into a system and you're basically getting something random out oh, of it. Oh, yeah, so yeah, So yeah. the player is getting like currency to do in like a gotcha pawn machine, machine that gives them stuff. Oh, okay. And people would do it. I'm, I, it's it's always funny to me because I'm always worried people are going to make fun of me, you know, even as a 40-year-old man in, the, in this industry I've been in for 15 plus years. I go, I'm sorry, what does that mean? And I'm always yeah. like, oh, they're going to make fun of me. And they go, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm always like, all right, thank you. Like, I've yeah. never had a situation where someone's like, what, you don't know that? Like, yeah. Anyway. So we <laughs> that, was, find, that was a diversion. We find out from Jaeger that it is a subterranean labyrinth. Everything's alive and most things want to eat you. And so he went searching for this new path to the mountains and fell and found this place. And he realized he could go under instead of over the mountains. So he came across a burning sea and so he can't navigate it. He was so excited to see this airship show up because now that's how he's going to get across the burning sea. So again, that's all he's thinking about at this moment. Burning as an acid, not necessarily fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, you know... This whole time, Searcher's like, 25 years, we thought you were dead. You know, mom has moved on. She's with Sheldon. And his dad kind of loses it that, like, his mom is with someone else, that people, that they weren't just waiting for him to return. Mm -hmm. And uh, the weird blob creature at this point, it's not named Splat, uh, yet eats the ship. Oh, no, that's a different, that's the purple creature. The purple blob that has the tentacles eats Ethan's ship. So he can't use it. It's like a very quick, the thing he's on that he leaves with. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, that eats it, but Ethan doesn't see it. We just as a viewer see it like he's not going to be able to get back that way. And uh, Searcher and Jaeger are walking and there's more creatures and there's weird interactions and they're talking about Pando here. Jaeger, Jaeger also makes a comment at one point about look out for the little things. They lead the big things, which he calls reapers to you. Yeah. So you kind of learn that's what splat is. Yeah. And so like you can't trust it. And so mm-hmm. as they're talking, they see that Ethan is being led by this thing. And so they wind up saving Ethan and he finds out that's his grandpa and that they all kind of meet and reunite here. Well, the other thing that happens here, sorry, is is so Splat's trying to lead Ethan to one of these creatures, but then Ethan finds some Pando and Splat touches it and burns his, his hand. Yes. Yeah, that comes up here next and then, in my and, notes. And yeah. then Ethan like helps him and then Splat changes his mind. He's like, don't go near those things. Like yeah. Splat becomes, you know, joins Team Clade or whatever. Yeah. And how they realize that they're on the track of finding Ethan is Grandpa finds the trading card because it Mm kind of gets left mm -hmm. behind at one point. And so these big purple octopus blobs, they attack. As I said, Grandpa saves him. And then they jump on what I called fish balloons. They're kind (laughs) of like what they kind of look like a sea of fish that are moving almost like a school of fish. It looks like when they're going through the, I forgot what it's called in... Finding Nemo, but it's like what Crush and the Turtles go yeah, through. There's like does, a stream. Yes, it looks a little bit like that, but you can kind of bounce on them. Like when you jump on them, you yeah, can go from yeah. one to one. And so Splat helps save Ethan during uh, this whole chase that happens. Mm-hmm. And then the mom and Callisto come in and save the three the, of them. The women Splat. show up and save everybody. Yeah, so Jaeger and Searcher start fighting, but everybody is super excited to see Jaeger. And now he's all cleaned up. So when we first see him, he's got a long beard and long hair and he basically goes takes a shower and like Mm -hmm. cuts his hair and looks like he used to just gray 
And then there's a montage of them exploring, trying to find the hearts. They're going in different areas of this world. And Ethan and Jaeger are talking. And Ethan starts telling him about Diazo. And he gets nervous. And Jaeger tries to give him advice and says, you know, you really should just, like, put him in a dangerous situation and then save him. And... Ethan's like, I don't know that that is like the healthiest way to start a relationship. (laughs) So uh, he lets him try out his flamethrower because that's the one thing his dad has like put together through things in his hiking pack and who knows what else. A flamethrower, which is kind of how he gets out of situations when things start trying to attack him. Mm -hmm. And so Searcher has this vision of Ethan becoming evil again. It's this vision again. <laughs> it's not evil. It's just, tur- I think he's it playing feels it up like, like a villainous. A, yes, yes. But yeah. it's just him turning into <laughs> the grandfather. Yeah, but the colors it's, all change. That's what I mean by evil. Like it, it turns yeah. into like a villain scene. It's my favorite bit in the in the movie. Yeah. And then uh, Searcher and Jaeger wind up fighting over Ethan. And so Ethan's like, we should play Primal Outpost, which is the trading cards game. And it's essentially Catan. It looks like Catan. Or Catan? Uh, Catan. Catan. Yeah, because it's the goal is to live harmoniously within the environment. And there are no bad guys. And, you know, Searcher and uh, Jaeger can't get past that. Like, there's got to be He's a like, bad guy. He's like, we have guy. to destroy the pests or we have to kill the, the monsters. Now, I will say the, mo- the things are named like the murder hornets or the like there's something yeah that's and it's, see, like, it's like deceptive that, and it's like that's bad design you should if you're not supposed <laughs> to kill something you shouldn't name it something yeah. like that so but the whole idea is you're building to work you you build a working civilization using the environment around you and that's mm-hmm. basically the theme of this movie it, it seems like a game that my sister would hate to play with us because there don't seem to be winners yes she likes yes she said there's oh. no I, I go they're cooperative games so nobody wins well, we all win, so nobody wins. That was yeah, the discussion yeah. I had with her just yeah. playing cooperative games. Uh, so Ethan and Splat, they kind of storm out. Ethan is very frustrated that like they're not understanding this concept, and they start fighting with one another, uh, Dad and Grandpa, and Ethan is frustrated. And then they've reached the burning sea, and it's acid, and Splat kind of talks to these green blobs, and these little creatures help get the airship. They navigate it through the burning sea mm-hmm. and they help them through it. And Splat is kind of navigating and pointing the way the whole time. So now the purple blob monsters are back and they're on the ship. And so they they're, realize he calls them Reapers. If that Reapers, helps you. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. In my I, notes, that's just, just what I have. Purple it. blob monster. Like everything else I like, but I, I just want to make sure. Cause I think we mentioned that we're going to end up mentioning them a lot that we give them like yeah, a, a proper name. That's true. So the Reapers are back. Um, uh, and they realize they can use Pando as a weapon because Ethan said, you know, when it hit touch Splat, it like mm-hmm. hurt Splat. And so Jaeger has to teach Searcher how to throw at this point because they start throwing them like baseballs. And it's like that very father son. Got to have a game of catch with your boy. Yeah. And so they bond after they kind of get all the reapers and they have a drink and oh yeah i like this scene a lot yeah and jaeger starts asking about farming and you know searchers just like i don't understand why you didn't try harder to come home and you know they kind of both go into where they're at and their perspectives and jaeger says you know i've been stuck 
not only like physically stuck in this world, but I've been an explorer all my life. And if I gave up on it, like who and what would I be like? So he really doesn't know what his identity is if he's not this great thing. And he thought that this was the big legacy. He was going to leave his family and his son. And that's kind of the same thing that's happening with Searcher and Ethan. Searcher thinks the big legacy is being a farmer and discovering Pando. And Ethan doesn't really want any part of that. He's like gravitating more towards being an explorer. I also think they could have done something where he's like, what would I have been if I'm not a explorer and i feel like searchers have been like my father like you yeah. know there, there there was something here where it felt like i, I wish they would like have a gone in, i wish they would have gone into it a little bit more about um how they like what you know it was he afraid of not being an explorer anymore or was he afraid of being a father like i think that would have been a little more interesting to, to examine yeah and it did feel one-sided it felt like searcher didn't really talk as much here mm-hmm. that but Jaeger, we kind of heard Jaeger's perspective more than Searcher's. I feel like we hear Searcher's perspective more when he's talking with Ethan. I still thought, yeah. Well, because I think it's going downhill like that. And you get the one little section yeah. where he talks to his dad about it. He's a little more like, why did you do this? But I think in this scene, the other thing I liked was when his dad, because it felt like his dad was trying like to reach out. And he's yeah. like, why do you want to be a farmer? And he's like, why like these things? He's like, oh, I get that. Like, you know, like it was his dad, like we're doing very opposite things, but like for very similar reasons, because yeah. we're very similar. There's a scene, I think coming right up after this yes it just seems like it's way later because this is where he took a nap um it's it's ethan's talking to his mom and they're talking Mm -hmm. about like oh it looks like they're getting along and he's like i don't understand why they hate each other they're the exact same person and then it shows them they're like scratching their butt the same way or something the way they carry themselves they're standing the same way uh and when that's happening splat starts pressing buttons in the cockpit with meridian ethan shows (laughs) up and this is when they see everything ryan just talked about uh, and Ethan ta- takes the wheel. She lets him take the wheel because she Meridian gives him this support. Like, I think you're an explorer. Like, I think you should follow that. Like, don't be afraid of what makes you excited and what makes you feel like you. And he mm-hmm. says, I felt the most like me in this world. And so she gives him a moment to kind of take control. And then he almost hits a walking landmass is what they call it. Yeah. And so then, you know, she takes the wheel back. And then they cut to... Uh, Jaeger and Searcher outside and they're like <laughs> I love that because you've kind of forgotten that you can see them and yeah. like during this like oh god scene and then it looks at them and they're like <gasps> they're like what's happening and yeah. I thought that was really funny uh, but Ethan says you know I'm very happy down here the farm is so small but this world is so big so mm-hmm. that's kind of that whole conversation and then the pando seems to be getting stronger the deeper they go and so they don't really understand that and then the reapers are back and they've brought friends so they bring more of these like the hot pink like pterodactyl looking creatures and they bring other things and then they realize oh they're not attacking us they're moving past us why is that and they realize that they found the heart of uh the pando it's all amassing into one spot yeah and that's where it's strongest so searchers like it must be pushing all its energy here because all these creatures are attacking it yeah so everything is attacking this heart and so searcher crushes pando into dust and he's like this is how we're gonna it no No. i honestly the way he was doing i'm like what's gonna happen here yeah but he basically turns it into like a crap dusting mission he's like Mm -hmm. here's how we're gonna get rid of it he looks at it like they're all pests this is how we get rid of pests when we crop dust so this is how we'll do it here do you know what i'm thinking of every Mm -hmm. time you say the word crop dust Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Continue. So uh, (laughs) Splat is trying to tell Ethan something, but Ethan doesn't understand. And Ethan just 
it doesn't feel right. Searcher's like, you're going to help me do this. Like, we have to save Pando. And Ethan's like, it doesn't feel right killing all of these creatures. Like, I, there's just something not right about this. And his dad's like, well, you got to look at them like pests. So this is the conversation they have. And Ethan, this is when he is very direct with his dad. And he's like, well, maybe I'm not a farmer. You know, uh, I, I felt the most me here and I've ever been exploring this world. And Ethan leaves. They kind of have this argument and Ethan leaves and, and jumps. By jumping off the side and onto one of those streams of red, what do you call them? Balloon, fish balloons. Yeah. And it's just like, hmm. And like letting it take him away. And I'm like, this isn't it like... This is this is like I got mad at my dad because he wouldn't let me like watch TV and so I bought a plane ticket to like Poughkeepsie. Like what? Yeah, like it doesn't I, make any sense. I think Ethan feels very confident in the creatures, I think too. I think mm-hmm. there's part of that that he feels like he has this connection to them and that they're not going to hurt him, so I don't think he sees it as danger when it is actually a really dangerous kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's similar to Grandpa, like when they were in like below zero temperatures, you know, in the beginning of the movie, Jaeger wasn't really affected by any of that because he had this goal of like mm-hmm, what was mm-hmm. driving him. So uh, Ethan knows he doesn't want to be his dad is, is basically that. And once they meet back up, Searcher's like, you know, I've worked my whole life to be the complete opposite of my dad, of Jaeger, built this legacy you could be proud of. And then they realize like it's just continuing. And so... They're in like this very like dark, desolate area with like some crystals. And all of a sudden they see this clearing and it's the other side of the mountains. And when they step out, well, they don't step out. They're on like one of those little like hover bike things, uh, scouting ships or whatever. It's all water. It's all ocean. And then they turn around and this is the spoiler. So if you do want to see the movie, I would say stop it here. I mean, you should have done it when we gave you a chance. There's literally this whole podcast <laughs> is built around giving you a chance to go watch the movie. What have you been doing this whole but time? Just in case you're not you're not responding in the spirit of the podcast after 133 <laughs> episodes. <sighs> okay. All right. So just in case, though, uh, here's the big spoiler. They realize that they're inside a creature, that they live on something and they're basically staring into the eye of this creature. And that is what Ryan guessed. Ryan guessed that they I were did. in I a wrote creature. It down. They are inside something. They're inside a creature. And that's before creature. we even started watching it. Mm-hmm. So he was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are realizing that they're traveling through its insides. So, and now everything we're describing in certain ways, like the fish balloons are really like the red bloodstream. Yeah. The, the reapers are white blood cells. Um, like the immune system yeah. trying to attack. There's this it, whole it foreign bodies within this creature. There's this whole thing that looks like kind of like an elephant and then it shakes and all these little things come and they heal stuff. Like it's all, it's like, and that's why I think it was hard for them to talk about like their inspiration for this world. Cause it's all very, biological it's all very fluid inner space it's all this that and the other and i wonder if that was to the detriment of the thing because everyone's like well where this is because it i will say when they were like strange world they go to a strange underground world in the world of like jules verne and these pulp comics and stuff there's this whole concept called the hollow earth and it's this thing that inside the earth is like a jungle paradise with dinosaurs and like ape men and like all this sort of stuff like that. I've got a whole RPG over there about it that I mm. love. It's a lot of fun, but it's like, 
Uh, so when they announced it, they said they they you know go into the world and see this. I think people were expecting that, and then everything they showed their design was like these creatures with no eyes, or there's that thing that's like it flies, but it looks like just like it all looks like blown up version of single cell organisms. Yeah, and I think that's where I got the idea. I was like, this all looks like it's inside, like like they all look like single cell organisms. Yeah, but it's a weird design if you don't know they're going for that. Like. It's it's just yeah, odd. and there's no way to like you said there's no way to really say that without spoiling it, and yeah. I didn't see it coming uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I also like being tired, and I, I don't know that I would have caught it anyway if I wasn't you know like having to pause it in the middle. Uh, but everything does feel very alive. But that's what I loved about it. I thought mm-hmm. the you know and we'll talk about it here at the end. But I really enjoyed the way they kind of depicted this strange world, like this. This yeah, yeah, inside yeah, yeah. of this creature. Well, because like there were weird, there were those weird deer things where their heads kind of like went into these like yes. weird cilia or like hair follicle things, and they would grab things and eat them. And it's so it's it's slightly familiar. It it's it's very cool. I think it's cooler knowing what this is. Yes, but it's, yeah. you don't get that till the end. So yeah, and so they realize that Pando is actually killing this creature. That it's actually invasive, mm-hmm. and so they're trying you know the creatures are trying to heal it and so that's why they're trying to destroy it because it's the immune system Mm -hmm. and so pando has to go to survive is what they realize and so jaeger doesn't believe it they get back to the ship and he's just like i need to see these mountains for myself i don't believe this i think he's jealous that they they got there before him yeah and you know they're like no the the world is dying like that that's what we need to focus on and then jaeger and searcher have this same legacy talk and you know searcher's really honest with him and this is where he's like you know you could he he in so many words says you could have been my dad i'm i'm doing i'm sacrificing my legacy for my son yeah, like and, why and couldn't goes, you do the same for oh, me because i'm such a bad father and Sergio goes yes you were a terrible father yeah but you could have been better yeah like kind of like you made the decision like I, I don't think it doesn't feel accusatory it feels like he should be like you can be better but like Anyway, Jaeger goes off. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's because Searcher's now a dad. So he's yeah. like, you could have made different choices. So yeah, so Jaeger, he gives him the compass, Searcher does, and he's like, and basically tells him what Jaeger told him mm-hmm. when he left him in the cold mountains and is like, you know, head east and it's that way. Yeah. Like, peace out. So Callisto is like very shocked by this news. And as you would be, because it's basically changing everything you thought you ever knew about not only pando but like what they're down there for she won't let them destroy the pando and And i thought this was a heel turn from her i was almost like uh, because i'm watching this i'm going who's the villain we're gonna rank that's how i watch these movies now yeah and i thought it was gonna be her too because i thought there was gonna be a turn and there is short like she there's a it's mostly like she's a misunderstanding she locks him in a closet and then like literally within five minutes she's come around yeah i think it's more of she's afraid of of what this could mean i think if you destroy everything it destroys everything about the world as they know it where they live well because that's the thing is he's like and 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 reading what they wanted for this movie now knowing this i understand more because they were like it's about what kind of legacy you leave for your thing and what about like what if you have to make decisions about like how that changed the world and this is something where it's not a light decision like they're like we have to kill this thing that has taken us from horse and buggy to flying airships you know like that's a huge 
huge decision. Yeah. So uh, they get trapped in like a storage closet and they're the dog finds them and they're trying to get the dog to open the door. Did and you like that? His like, come on. And it's just like, like it really felt like when ladies lady. at the bottom of the bed and we're like, come up here. And she's just like, does like looks as like, come here. Come here. Come yeah. They were, all doing that. they were all doing that. And then Splat's just like, I can do it, guys. Like, and I can so talk Spl- to the dog. Yeah, well, and Splat like goes out under the door and like unlocks it, and then the dog opens the door. Yes. Uh, and so they go to get control of the ship, and this other character he appears a couple times. I forget his name. But he's, he's voiced by the guy who's the cabbie in Deadpool, and he's uh, Indian Spider Man. I can't pronounce Indian Spider Man's name. It's like a Indian version of Peter Parker, but he's in the new Spider Man great voice actor yeah so he you know he's he's a huge fan of jaeger and you know he's set to look after ethan and kind of fails when ethan runs away and then here they put him in charge of the controls on the ship and he's basically like oh thank goodness you're back yeah they come into like overwhelming yeah he's like i can't fly this and throws the manual at meridian and leaves yeah so uh searcher and ethan go to save save it because they're all out the rest of the crew is all out attacking the creatures and they're going to save the creatures and attack the panda they figure if they drill a hole if they can dig a hole near the heart and lead all the reapers there the reapers will be able to get in under it which they can't seem to do and destroy it and yeah get it well they can't seem to do it because it shocks them yeah yeah and so uh grandpa it cuts to uh Jaeger and he's going to try to see the other side of the mountains but before he gets there he opens the compass and sees that his part of the picture was a family picture has been like chipped away has been like ripped Mm -hmm. Uh, and so he realizes he has to go back I like that he makes the decision before he gets there he's like I don't care if like because if he'd gone there and like seen that it was a creature and be like oh he was right like I think that's less than him just going I don't care if my son's right or not. Like, I need to go back and support yeah, him. Yeah, like, he, it's an active decision right. versus, like, after having all the information. Uh, so they show Callisto. They're like, look, this is a heart. Like, look at it. You know, Meridian guides the ship in such a way. And it's shocking Searcher. Searcher's down there <laughs> trying to dig with the shovel, and he keeps getting zapped. And each time he's trying to dig, he gets hurt, and the shovel winds up breaking. And then Jaeger grandpa comes back to help and he's like the legacy isn't the mountains it's you and so he has these two ice picks that were i guess a part of the flamethrower because he kind of breaks the flamethrower apart and uh he's like let's do this so they make a hole for the creatures to destroy and ethan is luring all the creatures he's like getting them all to chase him to this spot Mm -hmm. and they did it and then they have this moment where everything's gone and everything is like kind of still. It, it destroys and the gray. pando, but the heart looks gray and dead. Yeah. Yeah. And so they feel like they're too late. And then all of a sudden they start to see some creatures and the ones that uh It's yeah, it's the it's the elephant that like shakes, shakes and then like the little like tiny little they look like dots, you know, dot like movie theater candy yeah, dots. Yeah, they do. They're like a glowing legs. orange and they look like a tree when they're on the elephant. They look mm-hmm. like leaves on a tree on like the elephant looking things back. <laughs> uh, and so they start returning and regenerating and the heart starts beating again. And, and those blood cells go into it like like blood, yeah. like the, the, the fish balloons. <laughs> yes, the fish balloons. Then it really looks like it's, you know, something yeah. you see out of an anatomy book there. So they're saying goodbye to Splat. And uh, Searcher says, before we go back and kind of go back to deal with 
what's going on above mm-hmm. because obviously they've just destroyed their power source. Uh, let's go see the other side of the mountains before we go home. And Jaeger is just happy to be with family and it's kind of this perfect moment. And, uh, you know, Jaeger's looking out at the sea with Searcher while everyone else is looking at the creature's eye and the view that Searcher and Ethan saw earlier. Mm-hmm. You can tell that, like, it's now not as important to Jaeger. Like, yeah. what's more important is being there with his son and his family. And so it cuts to a year later and we're back at the farm and Searcher gets a letter from Ethan. And I, I will say, so we watch this and we it doesn't do a good job of telling us what their new power source is. It looks like they're doing hot air balloons that are like gas or something to go up and down. But we need to watch that again and see if we miss something. Yeah, but they don't specifically say. This movie does a lot of like over narration of like what's going on with the themes, but then they don't really cover that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Ethan's like, you know, we're resilient people. And it's it's really amazing to see how resilient people can be. Ethan seems to be running some sort of effort to help like clean up the the strange world but also like like cleaning up the dead pando but also probably just establishing a link because again like it's this new source of resources potentially so yeah and then also you know they live on it so they want to keep it healthy kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and so diazo uh is there with ethan like they are working together they're part of ethan's crew uh to this exploration and everything they're Mm -hmm. doing and we see jaeger he goes uh with flowers to his wife and we don't even who's who can get it like yeah I, i know like we talk about like the disney daddies who can get it she looked good. Yeah. And uh, Sheldon, who he was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna tell that Sheldon a thing or two or whatever earlier in the movie. We don't see Sheldon's head because he's so tall and so like big and like broad shouldered. And you just and Sheldon like embraces him. Yeah. Like, like comes out of the door and yeah. hugs him. And so uh, we then see Jaeger's at the farm. And so he's helping Searcher harvest. Did you see the sign in the background that said Clade Farms? Yes. Okay, yeah. It, it feels like they've gone into just agricultural farming. Which well, that is... was the name of the farm at the beginning, too. It was Clay Oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. see that sign. It just looked mm-hmm. like he were, they were... I, I thought they were embracing it, but it's definitely Jaeger's embracing it. He's also just eating tomatoes off the, off the, the vine. vine. Yeah, and, and then, then... I was going to say, they zoom out, and it's yeah. all a bunch of hexagonal uh, crops, so it looks like primal outpost the game and then they yeah they zoom out further and you realize it's kind of this big turtle and they're kind of like in the middle on the top of the shell and it's in like this big sea of water on earth is what on 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 something something that looks like earth it looked like the whole planet was just an ocean yeah um do you think maybe there's a little culture of people learning about themselves and their family on you right now could be and that just something to think about Weird to think about anyway uh so let's do the questions how was the prince and this is interesting because it's like or the princess because the prince and the princess is you know it's always the um the main focus and then they're like emotional thing but like the emotional uh tie goes across three goes across three and is the point of this movie so i would say all three of these are princesses. All of the clade boys are princesses, and they're also they're each other's prince, right? Mm, yes. Which that's that's the thing I found super interesting. I I don't know if I said this. I definitely wrote it down. Um, that they feel like it's like a boomer, a millennial, and a like a boomer, an elder millennial, or maybe a Gen Xer, 
and then like a Gen Zer, all like you know the best representation of those things also like kind of getting into their problems but also like they're not awful or anything it's not picking one over the other but it's definitely talking about how like well there's a thing that feels like well my generation is this my generation is this and we think we're right but we still have problems and you know ethan when he has kids he'll figure out little problems too yeah that was when i put the new things on it was a little thing that came oh with to yeah, help yeah, pop yeah, it yeah, in. yeah uh yeah, I, I would agree with that. And out of the three, is there one you like more over the other? I very much related to Searcher. As much as I gave him a hard time because I thought Searcher Clade is a terrible name. Yeah. Well, um, he didn't name him. Blame Jaeger for that. I, well, I, I blame the Disney writers is who I blame <laughs> because they're, you know. Yeah. But um, I, I related to him in that whole like, you think you're doing the right thing and like kind of, you know, especially from a, this is an, a, a conservation movie or a movie about, you know, helping the earth and stuff like that. And like, you know, I think my generation did a lot of stuff with the idea of we think we're doing the right thing. And now it's still like it didn't, it wasn't enough. It you wasn't know? a big enough impact. Yeah. And yeah. So we still, we, you know, Gen Z will save us hopefully, but, uh, I liked Ethan. I think the most, mm-hmm. I really liked Ethan. I liked his character. I like, I, I liked his journey and yeah, for me it was Ethan, but I can understand why you relate it to. I related to, to Searcher yeah. the most, you know? Um, I also think I'm just as handsome as Jake Gyllenhaal in real life. So <laughs> I, the, the next one is the, the henchman and the, and the, uh, um, sidekicks sidekicks i i like their mom a lot she yeah. felt kind of sidekicky in this a little bit but i i liked her i thought she had a good personality i thought she fit in well like the family dynamic i liked yeah. splat a lot splat was really fun considering he had no eyes yeah. no facial features and, no and yet somehow had an extreme like, personality no like verbal like talking yes. lines like he had a lot of sound mm-hmm. effects mm-hmm. but so he was really cool. Yeah, like I his design was fun and his, you know, he's doing the animated things of like stretch and pull and all that. Yeah. The rest of the crew at the end, they show this shot. And we were like, were they all <laughs> were they, on this ship been on this whole, the whole time? time. Uh, it does feel like they have this crew, they have this meeting. Then we only see one or two of the crew with the main characters and Callisto. And then it felt like they the, the dudes in Atlantis. Yeah. Remember who were like all the same character, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as it felt like, um, favorite uh musical number there was only one i mean unless we talk about the score but i will say i liked the song about the clades henry jackman was the 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 composer who did wreck it ralph i like his stuff i think he did good stuff on this it's very sweeping it sounds very like indiana jonesy and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um does it hold up now again I think it's more of like, is it worth, you know, what, what would you steer kids away from for this? And to me, it'd be, yeah. so, it's a little intense. Like, well, it is PG. It is PG. It's definitely, it, it, it's one character just dies, but it's really like they get sucked off screen. It feels like almost, you know, a Jurassic Parky type death. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of whenever he, there's a lot of like Callisto like has two knives and she's like there's a lot of like cutting the things that are coming at them which is a little there's goo and stuff like that but nothing too bad yeah yeah i i don't know i i actually thought it was really good for kids like yeah i think overall i think i think it's a good movie and i think they would enjoy mm -hmm. it and again if you know we talked about this i think in atlantis and treasure planet but if you have that child who's like really into exploration and and sci-fi and those kind of 
themes, I I think this fits in well, like those other two. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to see anything like this for a long time, considering how badly it bombed for, for Disney. So yeah, which is a real bummer. Um, we don't really have a villain to rank. Mm-mm, a little bit don't. of a bummer for us because this is our last episode. But don't worry, folks, when we get to the the uh, Bed, I almost called it the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's not what we're doing. Yeah. Bed knobs and, and broomsticks. We'll, we'll have some villains to end on this, to end yes. this on. So that'll be fun. Um, but finally, do you uh, get a special clamshell edition or do you throw it away and lock it away in the vault? I don't know Only that I'd watch options. it again. I, I I think I would throw it on. I, I actually really liked it. I think I liked it more than you. Yeah, um, I don't think I'd throw... Oh, shoot. I don't think I'd throw it on again. I I think if I had like my friends who have kids, like if mm-hmm. they wanted to watch it, I'd watch it with them. But I don't know that I don't know that I would put it on again. There there are Disney movies you sit down with kids and you watch and you cry and you're like, oh, I'm watching Encanto or Coco again. This is one that like the kids put on and you're cool with it being on while you're yeah, cooking yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. I think. I, I like I said, it's 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 definitely not you know anywhere as good a movie as some of the other stuff we've done in the the last bit of Disney, but it's it's definitely something fun. I think you can have on the background. Yeah, that's it, guys. That we did it. We did Disney movies. I know we did them all. Whew. Well, if you're listening to this, that means that you and it's and it's you know you're listening to this and you're enjoying it. That means that you still have time before next week <laughs> to send in our uh, a question via via email via the 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 hotline however you know find us on the facebook page and write something in, in a second Tara and I's beautiful voices are going to tell you all <laughs> the ways that you can get a hold of us for this. So please do it for our mailbag episodes. It really helps create content for us, you know, like ask questions. It can be anything about the podcast. It can be anything about the future of the podcast. It can be anything you want. It can be, you know, wh- wh- who's Tara, Tara's favorite pro wrestler is. <laughs> um, don't say it. I know who it is, but don't say it now. All right. So just, you know, get at us. Let us know. Uh, our, so that's our next episode will be the mailbag episode. And then after that, we'll finish up with bed knobs and broomsticks. And then we're going to take a well-deserved break. We'll have yes. some stuff coming in the interim. We'll be discussing that next week. But uh, until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash trprincessdiaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Check out pods.link slash trprincessdiaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh